0: Any excuse, any excuse to play, to play Black Moses, Mr. Hot Buttered Soul, Isaac Hayes. Any excuse to play him, uh, I will take. We don't hear enough of Isaac Hayes on the radio these days. Uh, we'll talk to his son, Isaac Hayes the Third, here in just a moment. While Miles lets that ride because it sounds so good. On the backside of this out, we'll be joined by Face On Love. Can you believe it? Twenty years <laughs> since Elf premiered. It is the two-decade anniversary of the classic holiday film, Elf, which, of course, starred uh, Faison Love uh, alongside Mr. Farrell. So we'll talk to Faison Love on the back side of this hour as we wrap today's program. But we commence this hour in dialogue with the son of Isaac Hayes, Isaac Hayes III, who will tell us in a moment about uh, his innovative $10 million crowdfunded app called Fanbase. And I'm sure over the next few minutes, We'll squeeze in a little love. As a matter of fact, we'll start with some love for Black Moses, uh, Isaac Hayes. The third. How are you today, sir?
1: I'm good. How are you,
0: man? I'm well. If I complained, that'd be an ingrate. Uh, as I said a moment ago, always uh, uh, a good excuse uh, to in- looking for any excuse really to play some Isaac Hayes music. Um, when you hear your dad's music all these years later, you think what?
1: Man, you just put a smile to my face. Like <laughs> just qu- quality, quality, like real music that touches your soul and you know uh, a vulnerable man explaining how he feels to a woman
0: yeah turn it up miles turn it up turn it up turn it up unhappy
1: feeling makes that it's what that same tell why so i don't want to let you go
0: i never can say goodbye we'll let that ride but we gotta to, got to get the conversation started uh, with isaac hayes the third I, I, I assume and i hope given what you just said isaac hayes the third about the smile on your face that you are not offended i, I know some people and I, I don't quite i ain't quite figured out yet but i know some people who have uh who are namesakes, uh, at certain points in their lives, they get annoyed uh, by being a namesake or being asked the question or uh, coming on a radio program and they're playing your dad's music. You ever you ever get bothered by that? Honestly,
1: no, no. It's a it's it's an honor, man. I I, I love my dad, man, and I'm I'm so honored at uh, what he was able to accomplish as a as a African American. Uh, musician. So no,
0: not yeah. at all. Yeah. I had the honor of meeting your dad a number of times. And as a matter of fact, um, and those who have followed my work over the years know this, I did a documentary, done a few of those, but I did a documentary called stand. It's a documentary that featured me and a bunch of my black male friends traveling throughout the South to many of these iconic civil rights sites, uh, my friend Cornel West was on the bus. We all we were all we all got on the bus. Uh, if I can borrow a phrase from Spike Lee, we got on the bus. It was me and Cornel West and Michael Eric Dyson and Dick Gregory and BB Winans and a few other of my friends, uh, a variety of my friends. Er, er, uh, uh, Eddie Glaude, professor at Princeton, just a a good crop of my friends um, got on this bus and we spent a few weeks traveling the South, going to many uh, historic sites. And it was just a, just a brothers trip. And we filmed the entire. Uh, trip as a documentary uh, came out. It's called Stand. You can probably find it somewhere online. Just a wonderful experience for me. And one of the stops that we made on that trip, Isaac Hayes III, was in Memphis. We stopped by the Stax Museum. And I surprised all the brothers on the trip because I, I had days earlier called your father and called <laughs> his writing partner, David Porter. I think you'll like this story. Mm-hmm. Uh, so David yeah. Porter and Isaac Hayes III, while we were at Stacks, uh, we, we walked around, we had a tour guide. We saw the saw the museum, and then I'd arranged for all of us to have lunch uh, in the back room, in the in the in the executive room, their their conference room, really. So we're in there having lunch. The door opens, and in walks Black Moses, uh, with with David <laughs> Porter, and all of this, of course, is caught on film. Um, but to see the face of all these brothers on this trip when your dad and David Porter uh, came in. Uh was just an amazing moment, and we sat there for hours talking to your father, talking to David Porter about Stax Records and about their songwriting, and it was just a wonderful, wonderful moment. Uh, it wasn't much longer after that that your father passed away, but one of his uh, last uh, appearances, uh, certainly in a, a documentary, uh, was ours stand. Uh, I am forever grateful for his time with us that day. He wasn't feeling so well, but he sat for hours and spent time with us inside of Stax, the house that he basically built. Uh, it was a, just an amazing conversation. So I, I just wanted to share that with you and the audience uh, to just so again how much I uh, loved and respected uh, and admired uh, your father. Who I interviewed many times uh, but that that trip with all these brothers was a, was an amazing moment with uh, with Isaac Hayes. Um, so there, that that's my Isaac Hayes story. Everybody's got an Isaac Hayes story, uh, and I didn't got, right. got into how much I love Wattstacks. We can talk about watt stacks for hours. <laughs> and and I, he turned he turned that joint upside down. But that's the father. When we come forward, we'll talk to the son about his work. The father was in the music lane. The son is in the tech lane, and we'll talk about uh, his uh, his app called Fanbase. When we come forward, you're listening to Isaac Hayes the Third on Tavis Smiley this is getting good yeah man Tavis Smiley, Tavis Smiley continues Tavis when we come forward 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 he's rooting for everybody black everybody
1: black. black more of Tavis Smiley coming your way right now right now
0: all right Isaac Hayes third. your daddy did the music thing you are doing the tech thing tell me sir about yeah. fan base brother
1: man fan base is a free-to-download, free-to-use social media platform that I found it to be the successor to these current social media apps like Instagram and TikTok um, that that changes the way that people are allowed to connect and monetize and enjoy content.
0: Changes it in what way? In what ways, I should say, plural?
1: Well, so, so the biggest difference is, you know, current social media platforms suppress everyone's content. They don't allow you to reach your full following, meaning if you have a million followers, they're not going to send your content to a million people because that's free promotion and advertising for you, and the brands recognize that, so they would come to you and run commercials on your page like they will run commercials on a television network. So for that reason, they suppress your content. And then secondly, I allow anyone on Fanbase to have followers, but I also give them the optionality to have subscribers and monetize their content via subscription. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's, it's the best of both worlds. It's, the, it's really the future... Um, of where social media is going to democratize um, a a social network of of media uh, that allows anyone to basically turn themselves into their own Netflix, their own, you know, streaming service. Mm
0: -hmm. Tell tell me more about that process uh, that you think is in the offing uh, of democratizing these networks, these platforms.
1: So, you know, ironically, I've been saying this for probably about four or five years, but like, you know, I think that, Number one, subscriptions are coming. I don't think the the, the mainstream um, pop culture has learned the value of being able to monetize direct to consumer, mm-hmm. but also with streaming platforms like Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus. These platforms are not sustainable at their current price point. Meaning, um, you know, Disney you know uses Disney spends one hundred and forty million dollars to shoot one season of Loki, but they're charging fourteen ninety nine a month, mm-hmm. and so they're not able to sustain and grow they're losing billions of dollars so eventually what they were trying to do is unbundle but they're winding up rebundling. they're putting disney and hulu and espn all back together and they're going to raise their prices to 30 40 50 dollars down the road and so people subscribing directly to people is going to be bigger and more lucrative and more uh i think uh advantageous for content consumers that really want to you know Hone in and subscribe to, let's say, somebody for two ninety nine a month for mm-hmm. your favorite artist or your favorite brand. And so that's what Fanbase does is we're separating and, and, and giving the people to make the real choice in the content that they want.
0: What, what's, what's your read then? I'll, I'll come to Fanbase in just a second, I promise. But what, since you went there, you got me, you got my mind working. I'm intrigued now. So what's, what's your read then on the future of these streaming services that you just laid out if you think that the current uh, price point, the current economic model is not sustainable long term?
1: I think they're. Good. I think they're all going to merge.
0: Mm. I think
1: that I, I. I have a. I have a sneaky suspicion that you know, somewhere in the near future, Apple is going to buy Disney. I know that sounds crazy. Yeah. But uh, I feel like uh, Apple will probably acquire Disney. When they acquire Disney, they will get Hulu. They will get probably ESPN. So they'll wind up being about four or five major streaming services. But those price points are going to be higher because you're getting away from cable television and people are getting into like I said, video-on-demand streaming. And so that's going to open the door for lower price points to exist for creators Monetize their content uh, via subscription, so I think they're just going to wind up charging more and being less of them. Um, I'm,
0: I'm not. Uh, I'm not going to argue with you about about what Apple may do into the future. And the reason why uh, I say that is because uh, we are living uh, more and more. It seems to me uh, in a country where our government is allowing these monopolies uh, to take to take over. I was literally just in a conversation yeah. earlier uh, on our show today, Isaac, about uh, the airline industry. And there are really only three major carriers now. I mean, major carriers. You got again. Yeah. you you got you got United, you got American, you got Delta, um, you got a few others out there, but you got you know, a, few, a few major carriers, and they're basically they're 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 running the table. And the price points, yeah. the price points are through the roof right now, uh, and so it, we're seeing monopolies in so in in, in tech. Uh, I think we're seeing uh, and we'll see more uh, monopolistic behavior. So, so it wouldn't surprise me at all that what you just suggested may in fact uh, come true. If in fact that does come true, it seems to me then that the price points uh, for subscriptions will go up, not down, because you got fewer choices.
1: Well, yeah, no, those prices will go up. Right. What I mean is, if so, th- 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 what I'm saying is. With fan base, if you want to subscribe, let's say to um, uh, Cardi B, or you want to subscribe to um, Drake, right? Drake can then create his own content, his uh,
0: own streaming
1: I got you. content. He can mm-hmm. make he can make a podcast, a reality show, a tour documentary, and charge people nine ninety nine a month to mm-hmm. subscribe directly to him. Mm-hmm. And that that money is going to be more money than he's ever made doing any other thing that he's done because. Subscription revenue is massive. Like people, people that have fan bases, as I call them, because 95% of the people that follow you are not your fan base. It's about Mm -hmm. 3 to 5%. Mm -hmm. So if you have a million followers, you have 50,000 fans. And if those fans paid you $2.50 a month for a subscription, you would make 125000 a month. You make $1.5 million a year, just off 50,000 people. Right. So imagine that. Even even mm-hmm. if you have $5,000, let us say the average American salary is between $47,000 and 60000 a year, mm-hmm. you'd make $150,000 a year and do better than most Americans, just off 5,000 people subscribing to you for $2.50 a month for an entire year, so um, that's the future.
0: Yeah, I hear it. I'm fascinated by that by that breakdown you just shared. So, so if if the people following me, let's just take myself as an example. If the people following me, only a percentage of them are my fans. Who are these other folks following me? Isaac Hayes the third.
1: So those, so I so I say those are people that are mildly interested in you, like a magazine at the checkout aisle. Right, they're nosy or they're <laughs> haters.
0: That's it. You know, I take it. I take it. <laughs> they're yeah. either nosy or they're haters, but they're not. But not they're not real Tavis fans. I take your point. I take your point. You, you, you,
1: well, you got think. You got to think about people like. Beyonce, that has hundreds of millions of followers. Right. Every time she releases an album, she doesn't sell hundreds of millions of albums. I get it. She sells a small percentage of albums. And that's the point, is that her fan base, the beehive, is buried within that larger audience of people that just follow Beyonce.
0: Yeah. Hadn't thought about that way. It makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. Um, So back to Fanbase. Tell me how you seed uh, the content on Fanbase, if that makes sense.
1: Uh, So, I mean, it's a social network. So it's just very similar. We have a lot of functionality and tools. Um, just like all of the socials. So we have posts, which are photos and videos. We have live. We have stories. We have audio rooms like Clubhouse and Twitter Spaces. We have uh, a short-form video like TikTok that we call Flicks. And then we have this long-form content section of the app where you can post up to two hours worth of content um, for free or behind the paywall up to two hours, and we call that Fanbase Plus. Mm -hmm. So you could turn yourself. You could post a movie, a podcast, a TV show, a reality show, Whatever you want and put it behind the paywall.
0: Yeah. Um, I assume, as you've described this, um, and you tell me, you can disabuse me of this notion if I'm wrong. Uh, While the the examples you've given so far are, you know, Cardi B or Drake or Beyonce, um, but I assume that that anybody um, can create their own fan base following and go about the business of monetizing that. Yes. It's not just for Drake and, and Cardi B.
1: It's for so fanbase is for we're in uh, we're we're in over 190 countries on iOS and Android. Mm-hmm. We have over 525,000 users, and the, and we have regular users making hundreds and thousands of dollars a month just by monetizing their content the same way. Mm-hmm. I mean, social media spent a good 20 years convincing people that their content has no value. But if they did, why are they running ads in between it and not paying you for your content? That's mm-hmm. the difference. Is that. They're making money off advertising. They're just not giving you any of the revenue from the content that you make.
0: Yeah, yeah. Tell me about the monetization process uh, because when you when you hear stuff like this, um, people make the assumption that anybody can put anything out there and monetize it. I, I know because I'm a businessman. It doesn't quite work that way. Um, uh, there's got to be some value, uh, and, uh, and value is not what you think it's worth. Value is what other people determine it to be and what they're willing to pay for it. So tell me about the monetization process on Fanbase.
1: So with Fanbase, you you can have uh, you can charge anywhere from two ninety nine a month mm-hmm. to ninety nine ninety nine a month, for someone to subscribe to your content. Now I want to say something that's very important. Mm-hmm. Um, before Fanbase, there was no such thing as in app purchase subscription to another human being. So meaning, when you got on the Apple Store or the Google Store, you could subscribe to Netflix or Spotify, or you could buy you could buy um, uh, uh, some sort of game and purchase something through the App Store. But Fanbase was the first app that allowed another human being to subscribe to another human being using in-app purchase technology, so like a fingerprint or a face scan. Right. So, if you, so if, you see, if you see subscriptions on Instagram, if you see subscriptions on TikTok, if you see subscriptions on Twitter, they literally got that from us because Apple would not initially let me build Exactly what we built, and I think that was incredible, and 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 th- and that's one of the, the biggest feathers in my cap is I invented in app purchase the person subscription.
0: Yep, and 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 I, I I can now that you said it, I can see why it works. But how did you decide? How did you figure out early on that that was a tool that was missing?
1: Because th- this a young kid went viral for dancing in a Spider Man costume, mm-hmm. and I noticed that people that the gaming community right the sex working community um have been making money off subscriptions for years so the so the video gamers on Twitch the cam girls the girls on OnlyFans they've been doing that for years but but mobile devices in everybody's hands when you're when you're talking about virtual purchases and virtual spending mm-hmm. that's way faster than having to pull out a credit card put your address the CVD number uh, you, you know your billing address in xyz and so the ability for somebody to say, I want the content that I want now. And especially with younger generations that like my, I have a younger brother that's 17 years old. My dad had kids all the way till he was in his sixties. Um, but (laughs) my my little brother, my my little brother's 17 years old, but all he understands is in-app purchases. He doesn't know paper money. He knows, he knows, you know, he knows cash app, he knows stock X, he knows he presses buttons and the shoes come to his house. And then more importantly, I think that every social media platform has a lifespan and it will live and it will die. And what that means is I think that Facebook is a senior citizen. MySpace is obviously dead. Um, Instagram is a middle-aged adult. Snapchat's a millennial. TikTok's a centennial. But what's going to be the platform that carries 13 to 21-year-olds for the next 20 years um, that changes the scope of the way that social media is viewed and used? And that's fan base.
0: Mm. And how does one of your age uh, come up on such a brilliant idea for a generation that's, that that's a couple steps behind you?
1: You know, I, I, I'm a kid at heart. I, I I've been in culture. I was I was a music producer for myself for 20 years, wrote songs, and produced songs. Yeah. And so I I always I always say you, you you grow up, you don't grow old. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm I'm the guy that's always going to wear tennis shoes and jeans and the t shirt, and I'm going to listen to Sexy Red and Drake and all these other, I'm going to listen to Travis Scott and these younger artists because it really keeps my ideas flowing and understand where technology and culture is going. So you got to be tapped in.
0: Yeah. Um, Let me just ask you, how has being the son of the Isaac Hayes um, uh, helped you or taught you uh, about the impact uh, that you want to have on the growth of fan base?
1: Uh, Two very important things. Um, Ownership, right? I went about raising capital, um, for this, for this startup, not going uh, traditionally through venture crowdfunding. Uh, I'm sorry, venture venture VC funding. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then um, the impact of culture, because my dad, you know, he lost a lot of right, lost a lot of his publishing rights, mm-hmm. and so the value of ownership was so important to me. And then understanding that Black culture innovates everything, so we innovate infrastructures, but we don't own the infrastructure. So if I were to ask you who owns hip hop culture. You know, some people would say, oh, well, the community owns hip-hop culture or the artists. And I'm like, no, it's the people that make the turntables. It's the people that make the drum machines and the keyboards. It's the people that make the spray paint cans. And so we innovate automobile culture. We innovate DJ culture. We innovate social media culture, but we don't own any And So you, we can be as creative. And that's the gift and the curse of being black is mm-hmm. that we will innovate anything put in front of us. But at the end of the day, Who's on the cap table of the infrastructure of these things that we that we build?
0: Yeah, as you mentioned, you you did not go the VC route. You didn't go the venture capital route. You went the crowdfunding route. Uh, obviously, it worked for you. Um, what what were, what what are your takeaways from having done that? What are the lessons you can share with others from the success you had going the crowdfunded route versus the VC route? Well,
1: well, couple things. I funded I funded the I funded the, uh, the app. Um, myself, I spent two hundred thousand dollars on my own money to build the the initial version. Right. But what what venture capital typically does is they take large portions of equity in a company. Oh, yeah. For very little money. Mm-hmm. So you might you might get that first three or four hundred thousand dollars, but have to give up you know fifteen to twenty percent of your company. Mm-hmm. You know. And so with equity crowdfunding, you're able to actually give up. Um. What well, I, I, number one? I, I even take it a step further for black people. And minorities, we don't even have access to capital. You can't go in a bank and get a loan. These VCs are not investing. You know, you're getting less than half of a percent of all the money that's, that's given to to startups to invest are winding up in the hands of black founders. And so I wanted to find a way to circumvent the system. And so I went independent. I sold $10 million worth of shares to my startup out of the trunk of my car, uh, you know, um, doing equity crowdfunding. And it allowed me to maintain control of my company. Um be able to actually guide and direct the vision and we've been able to scale without interruption because I think most people don't like the fact that there's a there's a black man building technology that is the same level in yeah. the same quality as Facebook and TikTok and not using black culture just to power the infrastructure.
0: Yeah. So what is your hope finally for your investors?
1: So honestly, the the, the biggest uh you know win for us will be the eventuality of Fanbase, regardless is some sort of exit or IPO. Mm -hmm. But I want it to be something massive because I want to return a lot of the wealth um, back, largest distribution of wealth to black people ever in the history of this country. That's my goal. My goal with Fanbase is because the minimum to invest in Fanbase was, was $250 when we had rounds open. So we've done three rounds, the minimum to invest in Fanbase is $250. We did it on start engine. And so imagine someone putting $250 in a startup, and then you know, eight years from now, saying, "Wait, that company I invested in just went public or IPO," to my my two hundred and fifty dollars is now worth my two hundred and fifty dollars is now worth two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Oh yeah, three hundred thousand dollars. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that is the that is the goal behind what we're doing. And the thing about it is, it sounds like it it may sound like it might be impossible, but I'll I'll give you a nugget. There's an uh, an investor. An already rich investor by the name of Orrin Michaels. Right, he invested five thousand dollars into Uber and it's in its c round in two thousand ten. Mm-hmm. When the company went public in twenty nineteen, his five thousand dollars was worth twenty four million dollars. <laughs> yep. imagine that.
0: Yeah, I know that but story. Did, did,
1: did you get that? Did you get that phone call though? Did they call? Did they no, call you? Didn't nobody. Did,
0: didn't nobody call me, man? Didn't nobody call me about that? No, <laughs>
1: oh, man, but 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 they can they can let us they can let us go spend five thousand dollars on lottery tickets they yeah. can let us go spend five thousand dollars at the crap table yeah. in Vegas, but dang, how come I can't gamble on a startup and so no. equity crowdfunding gives people the opportunity to to invest and put money, especially small amounts sure. not high risk, the minimum yep. to invest in. So that, that's what makes it important.
0: His name is Isaac Hayes III. It's called, the app is called Fanbase. Check it out. Uh, you might want to support this one. Uh, like get, in, get in where you fit in. Get in while you can. Isaac Hayes III, congratulations, man. Happy holidays. Thanks for your time. I appreciate talking to you. All
1: right.
0: Thank you. My pleasure. Stay strong.